it sounds so badass, yeah. but you know, you can only hear Cold Iron's band so many times. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like if we hadn't heard a bunch of Cold Irons Bound lately that we'd be jumping. We would have already mentioned that as an right. obvious highlight, but now it's sort of like, oh, well, the, uh, it's, a, it's an abundance of Cold Irons Bound riches that we've been uh, granted over time. Gold Irons Bound. <laughs> Gold Irons Bound. Uh, do we have any Oh Mercy material? Oh Mercy. Well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing. So I'm, we'll see if everyone's on the same wavelength here. I'm guessing the one that Evan and I uh, mind melded on this, and it, it sounds like you might have a zag on, Stephen. Uh, if we're all thinking the same thing here, it would be the song that Bob introduces by claiming that it was written about some over the hill rock critic back then. Uh, Ballad of a Thin Man. See, that wasn't what I. That wasn't what I thought you really? were going to say. Okay, um, but. I will say that this is a song that I've never really liked. Um, because you're a rock critic. <laughs> well, I, actually, I love I loved that he took a shot. Although, I don't think that there were rock critics technically in 1965 yet. He, That's true. He, he would have been talking about someone that wrote for Newsweek or something. Right. It was uh, the type of, that type of guy always right, existed. Right. Um, but I actually... So are you saying you don't like that song or you don't like this performance? Because I actually like the performance. We don't yeah. like the song, really. Exactly. Okay. I think as far as performances of the song go, this one is about as good as it's going to get. I think the pedal steel um, uh, really helps this come alive a little bit. But, you know, it's still just like, a, you know, here we go. <laughs> I know what I'm, I'm going to get for the next seven minutes on this show when, when that pops up. Yeah, it's just not my favorite Dylan. You know, the uh I mean I like some of his uh finger wagon like calling you out songs from the mid 60s. Yeah, I I like Positively Fourth Street for instance, oh, yeah. but but uh yeah, this song uh I've never you know, there's certain live versions that are good, you know, like when he was playing with the with the Hawks in 66, that angry thing on stage, I think it elevates Works the better. song. But yeah, uh, just generally, I, I, I'm not super psyched to hear this. Um, but yeah, I thought you guys were going to say something else. Well, the... I'll say something else too. Okay, go ahead. Um, Maybe you'll say what I'm thinking. Highway 61, I, I'm just going to say a lot of the time I'm like, uh, I, get, I, I get sick of it easily. Unless it's like really, it, both those songs, especially with um, Ballad of a Thin Man, it's like, that song was necessary at one point in the 60s, uh, and then I don't know how necessary it, it ever was after, except for maybe a few points. Highway 61 is one that I think can be a lot of fun, but when it's not at its best, it is just kind of like, uh, it feels like it reduces the song to a, a blues riff vehicle. It doesn't really make it uh, come alive. This one's like, good but it, it it does have a little bit of like noodling at guitar center energy at certain points uh, 
I think as far as Highway 61 for me goes, this is this is as much as I could hope for. I think that that riff is like really really exciting. The do 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 do. It, it is still not what I would want to hear as the penultimate track in the entire show, but knowing that he's got to get that in here somewhere, this one, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of um, the Serve Somebody that he's been playing for the last couple of years that has this more guitar-forward, blues-noodling kind of riff to it. It's uh, it's kind of fun to me. I mean, it is fun. It's it's not bad. I, 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 and I'm stretching, too. I'm going to, maybe I'm doing uh, what you said, Stephen, where I'm just going to regret <laughs> saying this, but... Um, you know. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I've been surprised by how much I've enjoyed the Highway 61 <laughs> revisiteds that we've been getting, uh, because I, I'm generally in Evans Camp where I'm like, well, I, I, it's not right. really the song I, I'm dying to hear Bob Dylan play, but we've we've had some good versions of that yeah. so far. Yeah, I really liked the last one we talked about. I will take this over Rainy Day Women. Oh, yeah. Ra- fucking Rainy Day Women <laughs> is... Uh, yeah, that's the worst. Okay, I, I want to say something here because I feel like I keep hearing this like more and more. More and more people are saying that Rainy Day Women is like a terrible song and they hate it. And I never... I don't... I never feel that way about it because it's, uh, it's just... It's just... It's fine. It's like silly. It's yeah. not a terrible song, but it's just like when you only got 15 songs to hear in a live show from Bob Dylan, that is always going to be like close yeah. to last in terms of my preferences. I think of it as being like an exercise. I, when that happens, there, it's like liturgical. It's like he is playing the song now. I, like I don't think of it as being <laughs> positive or negative. It's just something you got to do. It's like taking the Eucharist. It's like the, the, the orchestra is tuning up their instruments and you hear that sound. That's what it's like when he does that. It's just like, okay. Like he, he got Okay. I'd like to think that Bob somewhere was thinking, I'm playing for this deadhead audience, and they're going to love hearing Rainy Day Women for obvious reasons. I'm not sure I follow, Stephen. What are you talking about? (laughs) And, and, And Bob was just like, fuck that. I get enough of that at my own shows. It's going to be doubly worse here. So I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play the Everybody Must Get Stoned. Song before Phil Lesh comes out, like I'm, I'm just not going to do it. That was wise of him. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's another song in the set that I thought maybe you guys would would put in this slot because you're tired. Give it of to it. us. Uh, well, I think I'm going to say, uh, well, let's transition to the the Budokan category because I think this song can fit in Budokan. <laughs> Even though it doesn't obviously seem like it's been redone, mm. but it's tangled up in blue. Interesting. This is a song that, just for me personally, that I've, I've grown a little tired of. Wow. Uh, musically, I mean, just hearing it live. Like, I love the original song, obviously, but just hearing it in a set, it superficially doesn't seem like it changes very much. And then, of, of course, I remembered that this is a song that is constantly evolving lyrically. And you can go online and you can see all the different uh, you know, lyrical changes that Bob has made over the years. There's the famous version on Real Live. Radio Blast in the News. We're going to have to talk about Real Live at some point Absolutely. on the show. Because I love that album. That's a famous rewrite. 
But in this Tangled Up in Blue, there actually are different lyrics mm-hmm. in this one that I know. I don't. Did you guys notice that at all? I got one down. Yeah, there, there's because that this was also becoming my Budokan moment when I realized that there wasn't a whole lot musically in terms of a reinvention. So lyrically, I think was going to have to be the way to go. He's got working on a fishing boat while his mind was slipping away uh, instead of working on a fishing ro- boat right outside of Delacroix. There's a right. couple others also, but I haven't cataloged all of them. There's a thing right before that, too, where he says, drifting down to New Orleans, working night and day. Right. Working on a fishing boat while his mind was slipping away. Mind slipping away. Yeah. So I decided, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I, that I, you know, so that, so I was curious to see if you guys would talk about that just being a song that maybe feels a little tired otherwise musically. It doesn't have, like, like some other songs do this kind of infinite replayability for me um, as much. For one that gets played as often as it does, I think it, it gets a little bit like uh, predictable. But I will say that this version of it, I liked the breezy pace for that reason. Um, I appreciate when he kind of treats the song with a little bit more pep. Yeah, this is a real toe tapper. And that and Desolation Row, which is my pick, spoiler, those have that in common. And I really liked that about his approach for them here, because they have that, uh, like you said, it's it's an acoustic band playing, but it doesn't, it wouldn't occur, to, it didn't occur to me really that it was, because the, the drums are so present and yeah, got the, the drums, energy got the is so high. And so, yeah, it really like walks along at this brisk pace. Um, and so as for the uh, offending, uh, I don't think that Tingle Up in Blue is so bad here uh, as far as that kind of uh, what it can be sometimes, which might feel a little like a slog. But uh, no, I know what you mean, though, Stephen. That's my. Yeah. yeah I, and again, I think with that song, um, it is that nerdy obsession with the lyrics and in him doing little different things with with the words, which sure. are there's more dramatic, uh, you know, instances of that than what you get here. But it was, I was like the third or fourth time listening to it, and I was like, oh wait, you know, I'm gonna, I should like really listen to what he's singing the here lyrics, and see yeah. if it's different. And so that's that's a that's an interesting thing, I think. Totally. Uh, so Budokan, not musically but lyrically. Uh, for me, with with Tangled Up in Blue, is that was that your choice too, Ian? Yeah, I mean that was it, kind of by default, because um, I didn't, like I said, have a really great pick. Otherwise, I get, I mean, I guess Frankie Lee and Judas Priest 
sort of just kind of by default or song to Woody again by default just songs that sound radically different from the way they were recorded but there aren't a ton of live versions circulating to chart the changes made um but yeah it uh i think the lyrics on tangled are what make it more different than anything else here uh, on that note, though, I, I will just say, like, for my money, I'm always stoked to hear Tangle. Like, for, I've come to realize that there's, like, kind of a clear, like, two sets of songs, like, catalog songs, like, songs that I will always be happy to hear, regardless of how many times I've heard them. And Tangled is in that in that column, clearly, along with, like, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, uh, Like a Rolling Stone, um, Desolation Row, things like that. And then there's also a column of catalog songs that I'm never happy to hear. <laughs> and that, that's Watchtower, like, that's Thin Man, that's uh, that's Rainy Day Women. And then there are other songs that kind of live somewhere in between those two columns where like sometimes I'm stoked to hear them, sometimes maybe not. And that's like It Ain't Me Babe, that's um, Highway 61 Revisited, that's Blown in the Wind, which we got here. Um, you know, it. Uh, I, I, this is not something that I'm like consciously creating for myself, but thinking about the deep catalog, you know, kind of classics, it's pretty easy for me to sort like a song I've heard a thousand times into stoked, want to hear it, opposite of that, or, you know, it depends. I don't know if you guys have that same kind of feeling. Yeah, I, I, I would put Desolation Row in that like catalog song that I'm always excited to hear. And that's an even longer song yeah. than Tangled Up in Blue. But that there are days when, when, when that's my favorite Bob Dylan song of all time. And so I, I always love hearing that. And again, like, I don't want to knock Tangled Up in Blue. It's a brilliant song. It's I Tangled love Up that in song. Blue. But, uh, you know, that is a song that comes up more often than not. And it's come up in a lot of the shows that we've talked about already. So if you're going to be picky about the set list thing, uh, you know, that might be something that I was just feeling for myself. I'm like, oh, like, it's easy for my mind to sort of glaze over sure. a song like that sometimes. And it wasn't until I actually snapped myself to attention that I realized like, wow, this is actually, it's not just the same old song. There's so not going Bob, on. so Bob schooled me yet again. You rock critics. You don't know anything. Yep. <laughs> Something's over happening here. You don't know what it is. Uh, one other just Oh Mercy moment uh, before we, are we still in Oh Mercy? That. Well, okay. we've kind of segued between that into Budokan. I just want to shout out, Leopard skin pillbox hat. Don't need it. Uh, you know that that is a complete inessential kind of moment on this uh, this show, as far as I'm concerned. And like that area in the set list, I think is where the love and theft songs are going to come in and start to fill the void. These like rock and blues, you know, vamps. Uh, things like Honest With Me yeah. uh, or Lonesome Day Blues over the next Lonesome year Day or two. Lonesome Day Blues. It, this sounds like Lonesome Day Blues. Ex- I would so much rather hear Lonesome Day yeah. Blues or Honest With Me than, than Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's, that's a really good observation. I think that, that that's dead on. Well, one thing I wanted to say for Budokan, and this is maybe sort of a weird choice, but I actually feel like Tears of Rage stands out to me because it's the live version that sounds the most like the record. That I've ever heard sounds most that. like like the basement tape yeah. version. Interesting. You just pulled a reverse Budokan, <laughs> the rare reverse Budokan. It's a Budokan and ref. It's a Budokan as far as other live versions of that song. Sure, okay. Are concerned. Wow, this is a very again, advanced conception. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's well, we, we've coined that. It's the reverse Budokan. Yes. <laughs> 
it'd be like if uh, Bob played all along the Watchtower, like the record. The Joan Wesley Harding version, sure, absolutely. You know, that would be the ultimate, because that's like the ultimate reverse Budokan as far as I'm concerned. Because I I always wish he would play it acoustically and not just the bombastic electric. I mean, I like the Hendrix version, but I miss, he he never does it the way he did it originally. Right. Uh, But but again, those harmonies are so great, and they're so reminiscent of like the band. And uh, that it, it, that's like one of my favorite moments of this show. I, yeah. I, I love that performance. So a reverse Budokan for uh, for Tears of Rage. It's quite good. I, it really is. Um, you, have any, you have any comments to lodge about Richard Manuel today? No, I just I think uh, I've liked these songs. <laughs> I like that song more lately when we've listened to it in, the, uh, in these shows than I ever did just listening to it on record. Um, for some reason, I don't know. I just whatever. No, I, I mean, I think, you're not going to bait me. No, yes, I'm. I'm glad you didn't take it. Hey, uh, it's, let's let's maintain the peace, man. We, 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 we we're having a peaceful show here. Yeah, we don't yeah, need I was to, uh, I was that was that was purely me. I was dangling a big you know piece of red meat over the over the zoo enclosure that Evan is stalking around in, and he no, for his part did not try to it. leap up and break out of his cage. 